Here's a quote from Carl Jung. The dream is the small hidden door in the deepest and most intimate sanctum of the soul. The dream is the small hidden door in the deepest and most intimate sanctum of the soul, which opens to that primeval cosmic night that was soul long before there was conscious ego and will be soul far beyond what a conscious ego could ever reach. It seems to me that the modern world we live in, you know, which has its own gifts and curses, I suppose, is really, as far as I know, the first culture that has lost the language of dreams. The first culture that has not uh, found great importance in the dream as a source of insight and nourishment and challenge um, and spirituality, you could even say. In fact, I might say that dreams have always been a part of the spiritualities of the world, from mainstream religions to the most obscure um, kind of uh, localized religious expressions, as far as we can tell. You know, I'm speaking as kind of a, a student of these sorts of things. The dream world was taken seriously. And, and, uh, and Jung has another really uh, famous, well-known line. He says um, that we must always... Uh, what, what, I have to think of how it starts. Maybe I wrote it down. Um, oh, yeah, we have forgotten. That's what he says. We have forgotten the age-old reality or the age-old fact that God speaks primarily through dreams and visions. Yeah, see, that's another way of saying the same thing. And, um, and to the modern ear, I mean, we kind of get alarmed. Like, really? God speaks through dreams and visions? Like, like uh, you know, that, that will make institutionalized religion sort of shake in its boots because you mean there might be fresh expressions of, of the divine and, and through dreams and visions, like we might have to take, take ourselves or someone else seriously. And so we'd rather shut that down and dismiss it and call it random brain firings and processing the day or because I watched a Netflix, therefore I dreamed fill in the blank or because, you know, so-and-so is in love with me at work is why I keep dreaming about her, whatever the case may be. And, um, and maybe more importantly, we've we've lost the the ways the way the way into dreams, the way into being in conversation with them. We don't know where to even start. So I want to make a podcast about dreams, and I want to do really uh, four things. Um, I'm going to tell you a dream here, really short, brief dream, and I want to talk a little bit about the nature of dreams. I could spend you know. 20 podcasts on that. Um, and then I want to actually do some dream work here, the way I've been trained at Animus, um, and a little bit of sort of my own uh, uh, approach, I suppose. Um, and and the fourth thing is is to invite you into, into a dream work program. I have one in January. It's four, uh, four sessions, four weeks on Sundays in January. And um, already I have people signed up for it, so, and, there's, and there's still some room. And we're going to talk about dreams for four weeks. We're going to talk a little bit about what they are but uh, and sort of ways of, of working with them on, on our own. But more importantly, we're going to listen to one another's dreams, and I'm going to work with them. And, and maybe more importantly, I'll just say now, uh, my way of working with dreams is to let the dream do its work and and. You know, my, my formal training is, is at Animus and what Animus calls soul-centric dream work. So that's my formal training. And, and I was also in an analysis, in Jungian analysis, for almost two years and almost exclusively 
uh, worked with dreams. Now, I wasn't the analyst. I was uh, surrendering to the process, but um, slightly different approach. But all that to say, dreams have been a huge part of, of my own uh, story and my own spirituality, my own practice, my own way forward. Um, and that's been a major surprise in my life. If I roll back the clock 10 years ago, I would have said, I don't remember my dreams. A couple childhood dreams, but, you know, not really. I would have agreed with Ricky Gervais, who who tweeted once, um, nothing is more boring than, than someone telling you their dreams. <laughs> well, that's if you don't know how to listen. That is if, as a culture, we've lost the the ear for dreams. We don't know how to speak the language. I remember when I, when I first moved to Israel, uh, with my wife and we just had one kid at the time and, um, we stayed, I went to two schools there and the first school I went to was called, um, Jerusalem University College and, and it was during the Tefada and, and so there weren't many students there and the director of the program, who was also a professor and, and lived there and, and, his family kind of hosted students and he said, why don't you live on campus for a few days until, um, until you find an apartment, which was gracious of him and also kind of haunting. Like imagine like Harry Potter style walls and arches and kind of the cold, we moved in January. So that kind of the cold stone of Jerusalem, it was really strange. And I went to the library one night cause I couldn't sleep and, and I just got a book on Hebrew off the shelf, like, kind of like a primer on, he, you know, intro to Hebrew. And I didn't even know the characters. I didn't know any of the Hebrew characters. I remember looking at them and thinking, I will never, I will never um, learn the even the alphabet. Um, now, thankfully, that, that, that uh, I was there long enough and worked hard enough to, to get beyond that kind of initial block. But that's actually how I've I felt about dreams too. And the first dream I ever had worked was at an animus program. And, and I remember like the same feeling, like what the hell is going on? Like, I don't know what this is, whatever I just said yes to. And, and in this case, just really in the morning, re-entering the dream and letting it work, I realized, whoa, there are dimensions of my own being that I'm not in control of. <laughs> And in a way I don't like, and, and apparently want something from me and, and are, are hunting me down. And, and it's taken me sort of 10 years to even just to get, to get the basics, learn the basic, you know, grammar and, um, <laughs> syntax and whatever of, of dreams. And I, I'm, I'm a student here, not an expert, but a student. And, but it is still one of the most important parts of my own spiritual life and one of the most important ways that I work with people in kind of one-on-one settings and in companion guiding settings and um, and also when I do wilderness programs. And they're incredibly fruitful for the reasons Jung just said. The dream is, is the small hidden door in the deepest, most intimate sanctum of the soul. And I really believe that. And it takes a lot of courage to go through that small hidden door and sometimes we need help. Even even Jung said that he couldn't work with his own dreams. He would sometimes tell tell them to the janitor, <laughs> and uh, who knew nothing about dreams. And he would say, "Oh, that reminds me of this," and you know, then and then something would open open for Jung in in that. So um, I think it's a pretty common experience when we wake up in the morning to to dismiss them. It's a way of saying I don't I don't want anything to do with this. And so anyway, that that's um where I'm going today. And, and I'll try to be brief here because when we work with a dream, it takes about a half an hour and, and you'll hear that the dreamer here, who's going to remain anonymous, um, had a couple dreams and I did end up uh, working with them both. But in the podcast, I only, only, um, uh, we only sort of work with one and just for the sake of time really. And so I want to say kind of four things. And, uh, the first is, I'm now in Georgia, which is why I haven't been able to put out a podcast. I'm just like 12 hour days of trying to get settled. We're living with family where, you know, we've got things in boxes. My son's home from college. My oldest daughter's moving down to Georgia 
at the end of this week and, and it's just been like crazy. And I've sat down a couple times and I've like, I can't do it. I can't make a podcast. We've got barking dogs and trains and, um, I don't know. I'm like, I, I couldn't find the words. And a couple, a couple nights ago, I had, I had a dream where it was my turn to speak and I couldn't. And it, and I was kind of like laying on the ground and my head was tilted back. My chin was up and my throat was constricted. And, and it's not that I, I, I couldn't, I had words, but couldn't say them. It's I couldn't find them. And so then I thought, well, maybe I can write. <laughs> so I sat up and I, I tried writing and, and, and then it, it seemed too, um, crafted, too controlled. And, and then, and then the final sort of scene of this dream, I kind of just vomited everything out kind of like in an oversharing kind of way. And there were a couple of other people that, that were there when I was speaking like this and, and I had a kind of a strange feeling like, am I really, am I exaggerating here? Is this really the truth? And I don't know. There was something about this dream. I, um, irony of ironies. I, the person I, I, um, in a few minutes that you'll hear from, I told, I told him this dream and, and he sort of was working with me and drawing some questions out and, and there were some, um, really direct connections to how I'm feeling right now that I couldn't see at first. Um, and kind of these, even these three modes that I, that are alive in me. Sometimes I don't have words at all. Sometimes I'm working too hard to craft and sometimes I'm just vomiting and I'm sure there's a fourth alternative here and, uh, but that that's not in the dream. And anyway, so these, these kind of like, uh, this experience of um, voice constriction and has felt very real for me for the last the last few weeks and um, I don't know and just today I I felt a kind of relaxation and and I'm making this podcast on the solstice and um, there's something about this time of year for me where I'm just flooded with dreams and and I have been for you know several weeks without stopping and I haven't even wanted to write them down. I'm like, Oh God. All right. Um, definitely something's trying to get my attention and I'd rather make plans, you know, and anyway. Um, so I don't know today I felt a little relaxation and, and, um, it's kind of like the, at least in the, the Northern hemisphere, this is the deepest part of the dream time really the dream of the earth, the night, the night of the earth, the nighttime of the earth and the night world. And when the night is the longest and, um, okay. So let me say just a couple things about the, maybe the nature of dreams. And I don't want to give you too much here because, you know, I, I'm not trying to make a podcast that is exp trying to explain what dreams are. In fact, maybe the place to start is, um, to talk about the difference between Freud and, and Jung, just real cursory here, but um, Freud also used dreams. I read his interpretation of dreams when I first got interested in Judaism. I uh, didn't understand a word. Uh, I was like deep into these Chaim Potok novels, and and often Freud is mentioned, and, you know, I was just trying to understand Judaism, and, and uh, but it was, I was like blank. I got virtually nothing from that book, and that's not to say anything about the book. It's just to say about the kind of state I was in. And anyway, Freud um, often used dreams uh, to work with associations. So, whatever you have, a, uh, an image of a cat, and what are your associations? And and down the realm of associations, you go until you land on the complex, often and rooted in in childhood um, traumas and instincts, and you know. Uh, unmet needs and so forth. And, um, there's a lot of value to that approach. And, and Jung took a slightly different path and, and he sort of mused one day that, um, I'm kind of making this part up, but something like that. He sort of mused one day that, well, this could, um, you could use anything. It could be a painting. It wouldn't have to be a dream. So why a dream? Why the specific content of a dream? And so his basic orientation was to take the dream much more seriously, like, no, this dream, this image, this scenario, this dreamer, um, and, and to trust that the dream has an intelligence of its own and that it's, that, that it's oriented toward healing and growth. 
and um, is a bridge. This is my way of putting it. The dream is a bridge between what we know and what we don't know, or between our conscious waking selves and our and the depth of the unconscious world, which we'll never get to the bottom of. Well, uh, every night the dream sends up a little bridge between these worlds, and and. And maybe it's like two lovers coming to meet one another, you know, the lovers of the underworld and, and our own and our own um, self uh, moving toward like they meet on the bridge somehow. Anyway, that's that's the way I like to imagine dreams. And and so taking them seriously is just to say, all right, I'm 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 consenting to the possibility of a bridge between worlds here, between what I know and what I don't know. Or to use a more exaggerated way of saying it, God speaks primarily in dreams and visions. So the mysteries, the mystery of the divine, the mystery of the world, the mystery of the psyche, the mystery of the soul, speaks in images and, and clues and hints and guesses and meets us on the bridge somewhere and um, wants to open more of what is unknown to, to the locked-in egoic sense of self. In other words, to expand and to grow. And um, even, you know, I was thinking about James, something James Hollis says uh, about uh, psychotherapy. And, and um, anyway, he, he says that, that psycho, psychotherapy activates nascent images, or I, I would say maybe works with nascent images and in the psyche and then supports a dialogue with them. And maybe that's what I want to say about dreams that, to take them seriously is is to let them have a say and then to have a dialogue with them. What do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want from me, recurring nightmare? What do you want from me, dream characters? What do you want from me, night woman or night man that keeps visiting me? What do you want? Um, anyway, that's to begin a dialogue. And, and Jung, by the way, thought, of this really as what he called the transcendent function and dreams are a part of that in which the self seeks to transcend the barriers between consciousness and the unconscious. That's a, another quote from Hollis. Um, anyway, it's to say there, the argument, and you can disagree if you want, of course. Um, but the argument goes something like this. They're not random brain firings. Not only are they not random, they're oriented toward growth and expansion, integration, partnership, and dialogue. And to be in dialogue with what we don't know, I mean, that's, isn't that the greatest human adventure? To move out into the unknown. Isn't that the great heroine and hero's adventure? Um, so anyway, maybe... Um, maybe that's, uh, well, maybe, maybe not quite enough. Um, what, maybe one more thing, because let's come back to the, to the quote, God speaks primarily in dreams and visions and say, okay, all right, Jung, you win. We believe you. The next question is how, <laughs> how does God speak in dreams and visions? Is it, is it like, Oh, God, the divine, the mystery, the soul just tells us what to do. You know, like uh, um, we have an affair in a dream and therefore we're going to go have an affair. You know, is, is that how God speaks? Or, or um, you know, we have a, a, a vision that someone dies, and which sometimes happens and then turns out the person died. Or, or they die a short time thereafter and, and you know, what's happening here? Like... Is God telling us something? And, um, and I think the how question is one of the most troubling. And, and the, the kind of school that I've been trained in, which kind of has a, a Jungian base to it, and um, 40 years plus of, of dream work at Animus, um, kind of honing the craft, and also writers like Robert Johnson and, and Bosnak and, and a few others, they're both Jungians, have this kind of orientation. And, and that's just to emphasize that one of the, it's a low-hanging fruit in a way, in other words, it's quite accessible, is to answer the question how, is to let the dream have an effect. And in a couple minutes, you're going to hear, that's what I'm doing with, with the dreamer here. 
he tells me the dream and we kind of just slow down and I more or less am saying, and of course I have like, you know, a few years of experience doing this, um, but I'm more or less saying, let it happen. Slow down, let it happen and notice, like let it, let it grow inside you and don't just move on, which is what the ego wants to do. Um, but just to, to let it work, let it, let it percolate, let it stir, see, see what comes out of, of consenting. Um, and that's in part, though not the only way, there are many, many channels that you can turn the radio dial toward, like, a, like those old-fashioned radio dials. You can turn the knob one way or the other, and, and you can strike a different frequency, and, and you can listen on that level. But the level that I'm primarily interested in is just the actual living effect of the dream itself, and and to see what arises and then to maybe ask questions about how can I live this forward or what do I think this dream is asking or what do I think this dream is bringing together and what am I resistant to and um, those kinds of things. So as you're listening, I want to invite you just to listen to the dream and um, allow yourself to be just kind of taken into the dream itself, into the images. I really believe that that um, dreaming is infectious in the in a good way. We listen to dreams and we're likely to remember our own and it's because it, it's kind of like its own language and like calls to like. It's like when I'm reading a lot of poetry, I like it's I start thinking poetically and it's like that with dreams. And so just listen, let yourself go into the into the dream with the dreamer and go on. a. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's so wild. It's so unpredictable. It's so unknown. It's so other. It's it's not what we would choose to dream about, any of us. And and yet there it is and, and seems to have a kind of power. So, yeah, just in, in a respectful way, just enter into the dream image and notice what's happening for the dreamer. And, and maybe a piece that you, you won't be able to pick up on is almost the entire time. I've invited the dreamer here to to close his eyes, and we're, we do this in person. I'm I'm finishing this podcast in Georgia, but we started in Michigan, in my garage where I used to make all my podcasts, and I invited him over, and we just sat there, and he I gave him a mic, and he closed his eyes, and we talked for about an hour, and um, so I'm just mentioning that because we're not he nor I were like trying to figure anything out. We're just letting it expand, letting it grow and learning to listen. And so, I mean, not if you're driving, but you could even practice that. You could even close your eyes and, and let it, let it kind of come in to your awareness and just notice what you notice and notice what it brings up for you. It might bring up feelings or, or thoughts or memories or dream images or experiences you once had or paintings or pictures from childhood. And, um, all of that is kind of the positive, uh, mythic infection that happens when we turn our attention to the to this archetypally rich and profound terrain, the primeval cosmic night, to quote Jung. He says, where our soul was alive before there was a conscious ego. Now talk about belief in 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 a in the eternal nature of soul, without even giving us any uh, what's the right word. Uh, philosophical arguments but just a kind of an evocative mythic image um okay maybe i'm feeling that's probably good for an introduction and um special thanks to my patrons who make this podcast happen thank you <clears throat> your support means a lot makes this thing possible and um, if you want to become a patron, patreon.com forward slash Kent Dobson is the way to do it. KentDobson.com is my website for future offerings. Oh, I should uh, mention two upcoming things. Very cool. Um, I'll have my first Animus program in July, middle of July in Colorado. Details are on animus.org. Um, search under future offerings. I'm I'm going to be co-guiding a program with Rebecca, uh, who's a guide I, I apprenticed with at, at Animus. She's a, a lead guide there, long-term guide there, long-time guy. She was also on my podcast um, with uh, when her book uh, Wild Yoga came out. 
So anyway, I'll be co-guiding with her in Colorado, middle of July, if that interests you. This is a soul craft intensive, so it's really kind of like um, uh, a, a taste for a lot of different um, practices and and um, maps that we use at Animus. And it's a great way uh, and to, to enter into this kind of work, this soul craft intensive, lots of what we call soul craft practices, which is, um, uh, which is a, a, a phrase that comes straight from Bill Plotkins in his book, Soul Craft. So, um, okay, that's coming up in July. Later in July, beginning of August, I, I will also have a, a couple of programs in Colorado, and I'll be speaking at Denver Community Church. We haven't finalized all the details yet, but last summer I led a retreat and spoke, and I'm going to do the same kind of thing. I might lead two uh, short retreats, so shorter than uh, Soulcraft Intensive, um, not too far outside of Denver, but far enough to, to get away from the relentless, creeping uh, sprawl of of the millions of people now that, that live in the, in the front range. So in any case, that's kind of way down the road, but I'm just planting those seeds now. I'd love to see you at those. And of course my January program, uh, in dream work is right around the corner. So enough on that. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Okay. Thanks for agreeing to give this a try. Um, well, did you have any dreams? I did. Yeah, I have two dreams. Um, one of them, uh, both from the last two nights, one last night, one the night before. One of them feels um, a little bit like lighter and silly, and one of them feels a little heavier. Uh, not super heavy. Uh, it's, fairly, it's fairly heavy, I guess. Yeah. Um, what was the dream from this morning, from last night? Uh, the dream from last night was the lighter one. Okay. Yeah. Um, give me, give me some headlines, like, uh, like give them little titles. Hmm. Uh, so the one from last night, uh, I would title, what would I say? Um, lessons from a seal. <laughs> All right. And, uh, what about the one that felt a little heavier? Um, It doesn't feel like a heavy title, but you can't have my backpack. <laughs> it doesn't feel very heavy, but <laughs> maybe it was a heavy backpack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Let's. Um, so my feeling is, let's just start with um, the dream from last night and see where that goes. And you know, maybe, maybe if it feels right, we'll also unpack the other one. Okay. So um, yeah, first thing, I just want you to in kind of first person present tense go back into the dream from last night and let me hear it i may just let you tell the whole dream and then maybe we'll do it again go back through it so yeah go ahead so i am swimming in the ocean and i see this seal uh not not too far away from me and i decide to go up, just swim up to the seal. And I kind of like wrap my, my arm around it and, um, just like hang on to it, almost like give it a hug, but I'm hanging on to it to see if the seal will just like allow me to basically to pull me along. And it does. Um, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like hugging the seal with one of my arms and then like petting the seal with my other arm in it and my senses, like the seal is like really, really enjoying this. Mm. And I can feel, um, I can, I can feel like the power of the seal as I'm hanging on to it, just like the power of its flippers. And it's just very, it's, a, it's clearly a very powerful animal. Um, and then the next scene of the dream, we're actually in a boat me and the seal are in a boat and um, I don't know what we're doing, but I decide I want to take a selfie with the seal. And um, so I, t I pull out my phone, I take the selfie 
and I look at the picture and when I look at the picture, it is, it's actually a picture of me and, uh, my, the dog that I grew up with, uh, it was like what we grew, I grew up with a collie. And so like when I looked at the picture, it wasn't the seal. It was a picture of this dog that I grew up with. And we were on um, the boat that my parents had uh, when I was a kid. So that was what was in this picture. Hmm. And then the scene, then the dream moves to we're both on shore. And like, it's like a little town or something, but right near the, near the water. And... I was trying to get the seal like something to eat, I think. And I, for some reason I had all of these different, um, types of granola. Um, and I was, I was like feeding them to the seal and, and the seal is, um, like he, he tries a bunch of them. And one thing that stood out to me, he is, he, he apparently does not like nuts because the seal uh, like takes out with his lips, like takes out all of the nuts, which just kind of made me laugh that, that the seal didn't like nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I asked the seal, apparently I can, I can talk with the seal and I asked the seal like what he, you know, if he likes it or what he likes. And um, the seal says, um, that the, the, the granola is like too crunchy for him and he doesn't like this granola. Mm. And next we are looking at some like tubes, like some tubes that you would tow behind a boat. I, I assume for like that, so that he can like pull me behind him or something. That's my sense about this. And we're looking at these tubes and one of them's square and the seal goes, I am not, we are not getting that one. <laughs> um, and, and then the seal said to me, is like, you know, it, it's, you're like, you're a little heavy. Like it's, it's a little bit tiring to pull you around. Mm-hmm. And I started to, then I started to realize like, oh, this is maybe not such a two-way relationship. Maybe this is not so enjoyable for the seal. And this is, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I I start to feel a little bit bad for the seal. Mm -hmm. And that's where the dream leaves it. Yeah. Yeah. um... Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, let's, let's go back into the opening scene here and just the feeling when you're first with the seal and is it kind of playful or kind of like take, take me into, take me into that scene. Like what time of day is it? And where are you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm swimming in the ocean, um, near shore. I can see shore and yeah, it's definitely during the day. Um, I, yeah, I have. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I'm in a very good mood. I love swimming and I kind of always felt like I, I would love to be able to have these sort of interactions, particularly with animals in the water. And so when I see this seal, I just am sort of excited. And there's, there's also a sense of like, that this is normal, like that somehow that maybe other people are doing this, mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that strange, I guess, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so so I go go up to the seal, swim up to the seal, and put my arm around it, and just kind of hang on and let it take me. Yeah, just kind of feel into that um, experience. Like you have your arm, almost like you're hugging mm-hmm. the seal. And mm-hmm. is it like reciprocal and reciprocal in some way, like? Yeah. Yeah. This, in this moment, it feels very reciprocal. Like I'm, I'm kind of have my arm around it and I'm, and I, with my, with my left hand, I have my arm around it and my right hand, I'm kind of like, I was like petting its head. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I have this very clear sense that this feels like a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Can you see the seal's face at all? Like, is it looking at you or what's it doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I know is it's sort of looking at me and um, yeah, I'm not sure. I just, I, as it's looking at me, I have this sense of like, oh yeah, this is, 
this is uh the seal is enjoying this as well yeah just try to relax here like even in your in your chair and almost like you're relaxing into the posture that you're holding with this seal and this kind of exchange that's happening between the two of you and i don't know really try to look into the seal's eyes here into the seal's face and um see if there's anything else you notice about about this seal about this being yeah i i think there's just the a sense of like almost like the seal has been like just really happy to have companionship mm -hmm. like um like you specifically or in a more general sense yeah i think there's something really like in the same way that i am attracted to this sort of unique relationship with a wild animal there's something reciprocated on that side of it like it's mm -hmm. like there's this interesting relationship with a human that for the seal that it doesn't normally get to have yeah yeah and before we let this this part of the dream go um i don't know if you could describe the, almost like as if the seal had a certain vibe to it and like its energy how is it like yours or unlike yours what what's what's it like um i think there's a very so a way that it is unlike mine is there's this is a very kind of Mm, there's a playfulness um to it that that i that i just don't have as much of there's mm -hmm. a there's a um yeah just a capacity like just in the way that it's swimming there's just it's playing for the sake of play i think yeah yeah got it mm -hmm. yeah and then um if i remember there's kind of a a, a change of scene and you're in a boat together you're in is that true? You're in the boat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're in the bow of a boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And does this, how does this feel to you? Is it just like kind of matter of fact, like all of a sudden you're in the boat or does it concern you in any way? No. Yeah. Just very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you have this desire to take a selfie and is the feeling like, I really want to capture this moment or this is kind of amazing. And is that sort of the mood? Yeah, kind of. And and also I felt, I, I, I'm now remembering, like, I want to send this, like, I, I thought my mom would really appreciate this. She loves animals. And I'm like, oh, this would be really interesting to send to my mom. I think she would appreciate this. So that was part of it as well. Yeah. Is it, is that true in the day world that your mom likes animals or just in the dream world? Yeah. Yeah. That's true in the day world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this like a, like a bond that you share in some way that between the two of you or not um, really? I I would say not, I mean, kind of, not, not like a huge connection point. It seems to be more so, um, more so as, as I'm getting older that I think that might be true. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, it's just something that I know that, she, you know, she cares about that she would really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is her, um, love for animals kind of like childlike, innocent, straightforward? Hmm. Um, I would say it's almost a protector sort mm, of, sort okay. of energy. Um, but also, a, I mean like a deep appreciation, but there's also a, um, got a little bit of like a protector kind of energy around it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you have this sense that my mom would appreciate this photograph and, and so you do take it. Mm -hmm. And then you're somehow looking at the photograph and d describe it in some detail again. Yeah, I look at the photograph and it, the the face of the seal is the face of uh, my childhood dog that I grew up with. We had a collie, a black mm -hmm. and black and white colored collie, and. The face of it is is the is is basically this my, this dog that I grew up with and and initially, <laughs> initially I was like oh I guess that's just what this seal looks like like it didn't really seem strange to me and then it started to I think it later 
sort of hit me like, oh, that's my that's my childhood dog. But yeah, initially in the dream, I think um, it almost seemed normal. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Try to imagine, try to feel into what age you were. Um, even if it's not super specific, but it might be, but what age were you when this, when this dog felt most important to you? Like, how old were you? Hmm. I would say 12. Yeah. So even as we're sitting here, try, try to feel into your 12 year oldness and kind of being in the presence of this dog and what it felt like and what what's what's that do what's what's that feel like to you mm, yeah i think this um this playfulness that i had mentioned mm -hmm. that that feels like this you know it's just like that's what i remember i guess that's what i most kind of clearly recall is this is playing with my dog and mm -hmm. and just just the playful energy that dogs can have that that's one of the the clear things that comes up um yeah i want to stay here stay right in this this playfulness because of, of all things my dog is wanting to come in to, <laughs> to, to the garage so let's let's let him in and see if he changes the mood here Yeah, this is uh this is Winnie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's kind of an aside, but part of part of listening to dreams is also just listening to the world and listening to what's happening in the moment and yeah, and maybe all dogs, but maybe in particular this collie had a kind of playfulness that was very natural and and the seal sometimes somehow has this and they're sort of it's like an amalgam now of these two beings and um yeah maybe it strikes you as a bit strange um but just kind of try to feel again the presence of the playfulness that that this dog seal has and try to even locate if you can just like in your body or in your awareness, like what that touches in you or. Hmm. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I feel it's, uh, there's a, how do I describe it? Like, I mean, I feel it in my heart, like in kind of in my chest area. Mm -hmm. um, feel what? What do you feel? Like that sense of connection and that uh, with with my dog and with the seal, um, and also hmm, like a, I, I'm drawn to it. I guess I would say like there's this there's a there's a connection there, and I I, I want. Um, I think that's why I wanted to swim with the seal in a certain mm -hmm. sense. Like it's, there's something I'm almost apprenticing to there. Yeah. Yeah. Try to let that in kind of even more fully, just um, as if, I don't know, it sounds strange, but let the seal or the dog or the playfulness kind of enter that heart space and let it grow. And um, you can even imagine how you might be if you let this in more fully or, what you might say or do or yeah i feel a, a a more lightness i would say i feel more more light and um i think i would Yeah, I think I would. There would just be more moments of um, of the of a lightness that I think uh, I can lack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, let's, let's just tug on the, the kind of third chapter of this dream with the, oh, there are really, um, four, but the kind of sorting out of these nuts from the granola and the seal sort of says these are kind of too crunchy and it's kind of a little bit odd or funny in a way mm-hmm. that it's, that it's kind of sorting granola. <laughs> um, but you know, as you let this, let this scene just kind of grow in your imagination here. Um, do you have a sense of why, like what, why is this seal communicating this to you or what is it up to? Hmm. Yeah, I really don't know why it, what it's like, why it doesn't like the nuts. I mean, that really strikes me. I think, you know, I'm just trying to like give it some food. Um, I guess my sense is, but just based on the seal's reaction is like, it's almost like, I don't, I don't need this from you. (laughs) That's a little bit of what it feels like. Yeah. 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 Like maybe you're assuming, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, helping an animal out and, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. but it's sort of looking at you maybe as like, I, I don't. I don't need this. Yeah. 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 And even it's, I mean, it, it's pickiness is just, um, yeah, it just surprised me, I guess. And maybe it is just this, like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like, it wasn't as, uh, (laughs) enthralled with this option that I gave it as I, as I would have hoped it would have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is that kind of like, like it starts like almost it starts to have a a personality of its own and is that related to when it kind of looks at you or says to you that you're too heavy mm-hmm. um yeah there's a clear shift here in the relationship from when i start to trying trying to offer it this food and it sort of all of a sudden is like i don't you know it starts to be a little bit more picky and then um even like this sort of strange scene where we're looking at inner tubes and it's like i don't you know, I don't want that one. And this is all of a sudden the, the energy changes to, and I start to notice, um, oh yeah, this is not, um, th- this almost like this, this seal has its own, um, preferences and it's, it's its own sort of environment. And, um, and yeah, it, I, I start to realize that I'm, I'm actually, this feels more like a one way relationship and almost more, I start to feel more selfish selfish like you want you would want more out of it you would want the seal to be a certain way or is that what you mean yeah or i i'm you know like initially when i i grab onto the seal there's a sense of like i'm really enjoying this and the seal is really enjoying this and all of a sudden i'm we're on the land and i'm trying to feed it and it feels a little bit more like um yeah like it's not a it's not reciprocated in a sense like i'm trying to have a pet now you know it's that that sort of Mm -hmm unique aspect of joining a wild animal isn't there anymore yeah i mean is is it like um there's a dimension that the seal's sort of off limits to you is it is that the sense or that the seal is ex, you know that the seal is sort of exercising its independence yeah in a sense yeah or like autonomy or something yes autonomy is a better word yeah yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Just try to try to be in the presence of the the autonomy of the seal now, and um, you could even you could even bring your initial impressions, the the initial connection, which seemed real enough, like it was enjoying your presence, and kind of put that right alongside this kind of autonomy. And what happens between these two kind of modes, two ways of being? Yeah. So between like the initial, like where mm-hmm. we're sort of connected and then this, this part of it where we're, there's this sort of autonomy ex- that's exercised that what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think what I, what I, what comes out of this, what arises out of me is this sense of like, um, the fleeting nature of, of, um, this connection. Like, you know, like I, there was this moment at the beginning of the dream where there's this really beautiful connection. And then towards the end of the dream, it's like I was forcing it. And 
and actually you have to let the seal go. Like that's what it felt like is like, there's this, there is this really beautiful connection and, but you can't, you can't, uh, control it. You can't hold on to it. Yeah. This, this dynamic, does this bring up anything for you? I mean, like, why would you be having this dream right now? Like mm-hmm. last night and what kind of arises without trying, without trying to like make it mean something or, mm. but why, why this terrain at this moment in your life? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it definitely, um, there is a pretty consistent pattern of these sort of themes arising for me which is the theme of like like um impermanence i guess or um Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like um like this is really common for me like this 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 um being confronted with love and then also loss like and that that both of those sort of they coexist in the, in, in a reciprocal relationship. And like in this case, a kind of um, connection, even a kind of intimate connection and a friendly, playful connection. And then almost like a, well, the loss of that, the, yeah, the, the sense that you can't, this is, you can't, um, you can't try to like control it and hold on to it. Mm -hmm. That there's a, there's an, there's an element of like, you just have to like appreciate it when it's there. Um, yeah. But you can't, you can't, you cannot um, manufacture it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Is that something you're trying to do? Mm. I think I'm at least trying to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at least trying to, um, trying to keep it going, I guess, trying to deny the, the reality that this is a wild animal and, and, um, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's an element of trying to hold on to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's, let's just play with the dream a little bit here and, um, see if you can't, um, notice the, the seal and it's kind of autonomy here at the end. And, um, and try to feel into the the fact that you can't cling, you can't you can't manufacture this, you can't keep it going. Even your attempts to feed it and tube behind it or whatever, there, it's not really working. You can't. It's not yours to, yours to do. And try try to feel at the same time your own kind of playful heart that was at the beginning of of the dream. This a sense of ease and play and your own twelve year old connection with your dog and with the seal even and um try to feel those at the same time and just let me know what kind of what's happening hmm Yeah, initially, as I was trying to feel both of those, it, there felt like some a little bit of resistance, or like almost like there wasn't room for both to be felt at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there seems to be like, as I've kind of sat with it, just a little bit longer. It feels like there's a little bit more space for the like, for both of them to kind of live in this in inside of me. Mm-hmm. What's that do to you? Like, I mean, I know you're saying it's just a little space here. and mm-hmm. So maybe you don't know that much about it, but does it feel like the kind of invitation that the dream is opening you to? Yeah, I think so. I think there, there's... I mean, what I feel is that as both of these start to settle in a little bit more as like a... Mm, like a, a bit of letting go, I guess, 
always would be the would be the feeling yeah sort of feel some sort of relaxing and letting go and um yeah it does feel like there's mm-hmm. it does feel like both of these are both of these are um invite these are both invitations from the dream of of this both this really beautiful playfulness at the beginning of the dream and then and then this like and and you have to let it go yeah yeah and without using too much of your strategic mind just try to try to answer this question or try to fill in the blank here uh, i'm letting go of and what what arises tension was the first word that came to mind mm-hmm. mm. I, i'm letting go of tension what kind of tension Or the tension of mm. the tension of um, the idea that both of these the tension of the sense that both of these these things cannot coexist that both of these feelings of playfulness and letting go mm-hmm. can't coexist. Yeah. You can, le- you can try to let that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you let that go, if you loosen your grip, do you have any sense of like how that changes your, the weather of your own psyche or your body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's just, there's just so much more room for, um, for everything like there's more there's more space for um for the complexity that is you know all of life i guess that that this all of these different feelings of that feel intention with each other um maybe aren't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and especially for you mm-hmm. yeah. for me might yeah. be true of all of life but just yeah. for you for right? me yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, uh, a few things are arising here for me about this dream, and I mean, it, it seems like we're we've landed on kind of the emotional inv- invitations here, and um, and m- maybe I actually don't want to to offer too many things right in this moment, other than practice, <laughs> you know maybe there's even like a um three things that are in conversation here this the playfulness i don't know exactly what you would call the opposite pole but clinging and then the the space of i don't know the it, what's in between here that seems to involve uh, letting go in some mm-hmm. way and just just allowing and playfulness and impermanence too Maybe mm-hmm. it's another way of putting it. Um, and maybe most importantly, just to, to carry this around, especially like in, in the heart space. And, and in a funny way, too, it, it might be a good idea. This is kind of a, you know, the, the opening of the dream just to practice more playfulness. Because you already said it, it gives you a little trouble anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but to practice that, but in, in a less clinging way. Like, mm-hmm. well, now I'm... Uh, you know, my, my real spirituality is to play, you know, <laughs> right, or something right, like that, yeah. to get real serious about, right, yeah. about your playfulness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I want to ask you right now, wh- what do you think was happening for you in this dream and what surprised you about, uh, about going into it in this way? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, um, I was, I was, I'm very surprised by, um, I mean, I haven't thought about it much, but I, I really, yeah, it hadn't really necessarily hit me the, the, um, kind of trajectory of these paradoxical feelings of this playfulness and this relationship and then letting go of it hadn't really hit me. So that surprised me, I mm. think in this, um, and also it all feels very like, right for this moment in my life 
Yeah. Um, and just like I said, for, for, for so many things that are coming up and for so many, um, there's just, there's, it feels like there's so many aspects of my life that are pointing me to, um, reconciling myself to these sort of feelings that can feel at, at odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of speaking generally, cause I think there's a lot of feelings, but this is just naming like a one aspect of that. It feels like, um, so it feels very, um, timely, I guess. Yeah. 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 So at this point in our session, I actually ask the dreamer here about the second dream, the one that he called uh, darker. And we follow the threads of that dream and for another half an hour. And that just seemed, seemed like the right course at the time. And just for the sake of this particular podcast, I thought um, I just do one, one dimension here, but it was an interesting uh, deepening. And in some ways, by the end, we were uh, wondering about the relationship between these two dreams, which has its own kind of power. And since they came sort of back to back, it, it, um, it's like they were having a conversation or, or dimensions of the dreamer here were in conversation sort of with one uh, one dimension of the psyche is in conversation with another dimension of the psyche and um, both are worth turning some attention to and that can often be how dreams and dream sequence um, that kind of unfolds as a, as a dialogue. So I'm... I'm not sure exactly how I want to land the plane here because I don't know my my primary intention here was just to give you a little taste and and that's what I hope I hope the last half hour was with the dreamer here a little taste of 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 surrendering to the intelligence of the dream to the feelings and characters and images and scenarios to let let them grow and have an effect and and to explore that and to slow down that's really all i was doing that was my primary intention was to let the dream keep doing its work and and my primary invitations though i, I didn't give too many here and we talked about some other invitations in the second half of our our session together um but really the aim of the kinds of uh, questions or possibilities I was pointing toward was just to let the dream keep working. Sort of like saying, practice. Practice this kind of playfulness. Practice embodying this dimension of the seal and the kind of childhood dog and um, and to and to feel the impermanence of things and to practice uh, a letting go and what that meant specifically for, for the dreamer here, not just in a general sense, like, you know, um, kind of like a general invitation, but, but the more specifically how the dream was creating this sort of dynamic between these, these worlds that are alive inside the dreamer here. Um, and interestingly enough, as kind of an aside, oftentimes uh, paradoxes arise, especially as, as we grow older, in fact, uh, James Hollis says that's the definition of an of an adult, really, one who's able to hold greater and greater paradoxes, and and so we expect to find them in a in a maturing psyche, and and here was one, this kind of love and loss dynamic, and and he was even hinting, the dreamer was even hinting that this is a, a major theme right now for him, these kind of worlds that feel at odds, and maybe they're not um, in the way he initially feels. Um, feels them to be so maybe that's all I want to say here at the end um, there there are of course all kinds of um, kind of archetypal layers here and images inside the images themselves that that we could go into but that's not primarily what um, a dream work session um, is the, the, the kind I like to to hold, um, the primary invitation is to let it work. And then of course there are layers. There are, um, 
dream themes and 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 sometimes images like the ocean or wild animals or or even the sorting of seeds these have kind of uh, threads of connection to myths and stories and legends but it's almost better to to hold those maybe to, to take the the dream image here to to hold them loosely to let them go a bit even if there is some resonance between because the ego just wants to say there's such an like an interpretive hunger in in the ego and um and we want to try to try to set that aside as as best we can and let the mystery of the dream in fact do its work um because the healing agent really is 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 the psyche and the mystery um and not our power to interpret it or, or cram it into um, our given rubric of how we think the world should be. So anyway, I hope you at least heard some hints and guesses of this kind of thing. Um, I'll think about making another one. I have uh, another friend who, who's interested um, and willing to do this kind of experiment with dreams. Um, so that might happen. Uh, in any case, wishing you well uh, during this winter solstice, during the holidays here, and uh, hope to to be back on the air shortly. Peace.